Lions with it, second and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right now, checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Chase in the end zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions! That's it, pack the bag, start the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, Heidi Ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 257. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit, and I am your dashing host, Chris. With me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, my man? Well, you know, Chris, I'm a little upset. I keep hearing that uh, we're expecting more cases in the United States. Um, and I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, like, I, I, I don't think anybody asked for my permission. Like, <laughs> if I'm being cloned, I feel like I should at least be consulted about it. <laughs> yeah, I think the rest of us should be consulted, too. All right, we got a good show today. Uh, first, Lions most over paid player ahead of free agency. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a fan's thoughts on his season tickets. I think it was a really, really good piece in the uh, subreddit that uh, popped up today and uh, definitely worth a little conversation. Um, we got a free agency fanboy moment from Case. We'll talk about that and a little bit more about free agency. You know, it's coming just a week from now. We're going to take you around the division, that and a whole lot more. Case, we got a great show lined up. You ready to go, man? It's my body, man. Let's kick this off and break it down. Yes, yes, it is your body. All right, uh, let's do a couple of quick announcements. What a body it is. (laughs) Yeah, we can both say that. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. That's right. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail, the guys at IPrevailBand.com. Make sure to check them out. Uh, also, check us out and join the crew talking. Riz, Case, Sam, and me, Brian, everybody, all the cool crew is over at Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You get in there, you donate at least a dollar a month, but I mean, Case is, you know, he's looking for a new laptop. You can go more. You can use super, super Chat here, too, if you're on the YouTube, if you want. You can help him out. Uh, go on over to Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast and uh, get your donations set up. You'll get access to the Slack chat, which is literally the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Uh, you get some insider stuff coming, all kinds of good stuff, and you get to hear all the stuff first from us. That's what's going on. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get in there and uh, set up a donation to help the show do all the great stuff we do with your generosity. Also, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter cheese, Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see case with no pants on. It is the best way to see case. Also, subscribe to us on the YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Hit the subscribe and the notification bell and get all the action when we go live. You love all that. It's good stuff there and uh, more and more coming. Also, the draft party's coming. We'll talk about that. That'll be on the YouTube. You want to make sure to get rid, get get a, get a hold of that and uh, avoid the coronavirus. Also, write us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, all those places. Go on there. Give us that five-star rating. Let them know how much you love us. Remember the 
the five stars are forever. And uh, if you have you know constructive criticism, we're good. We're down with that. Head on over to the subreddit. Give us your feedback there. Lastly, give us a call on Skype. Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line. 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. You can leave a message there. Get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Or you can call us live on the show today. <laughs> Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down in Reddit. I almost messed it up, Case. (laughs) 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 It's one of the hardest things to say, and I don't know why. Um, Got a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of stuff to talk about here. Um, I'm going to start out first with a uh, post from OMFG Becky uh, from the subreddit. The Lions are not interested in signing Glasgow. That's uh, it's an interesting one. We talked about it a little bit in the Slack as well. Um, this is interesting. And and the question is, why did the Lions not even go after Graham Glasgow? Why? Right. Why? 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 I don't know, man. I it it really is. It's it's baffling to me. And and I understand and actually generally agree with the idea that guards are not like. The most man. important players. Yeah. Um, they're easier to plug and fill than any other position on, on the offense. So I generally agree with that. But to be so adamant about not even like offering him a low ball is it's just strange to me. And and so like um I I have to ask is there something we don't know about and the chances that we'll ever find out are probably pretty slim unless graham decides to talk but yeah it's weird there's any talking until it's over i don't think anybody's going to talk about anything until right it's all said and done and um it's just very odd especially as a guy who's uh, you know he was your starting center and backup center there's been some talk about some a rift a little bit between glasgow and and ragnow and that's interesting (laughs) um I don't know what to think about that. Is it because, well, and then you asked the, like the question, why can't we get along, get over that? <laughs> why, why can't we, Thanks, you, you know, why can't we fix, you know, a minor locker room? And is it because Glasgow wanted to be the center or something like that? I don't know. Or is it, is it like, is there some truly personal thing? And I won't even bring up the, the, the conspiracy <laughs> theory that I spouted earlier in the oh, Slack chat goodness. because I was just being uh, joking but like <laughs> but i mean it could it, it, it's it's mildly frustrating if that's what happened and we don't know that's what happened we we truly have no idea so we're just reaching and can making conjecture here um so don't take this as us you know starting any rumors about anything but i mean if that was truly the issue and the two of them just didn't get along how is that not a thing that you can't fix like send them to couples therapy jesus i <laughs> well the other part of it though is remember we talked to wayne mr fonts coach fonts he uh he said that there's sometimes that guys just don't fit and you gotta yeah. let them go and yeah. it may be a personality fit right they don't buy in you just and i was surprised right wayne's a guy i always i always loved and respected um i always looked at him as he's always been known as a player's coach right mm-hmm. that was a pretty hard take for him more, harder than i expected from wayne wayne fonts right from coach fonts but it was a pretty hard take about look if they don't fit and their personalities don't fit you just gotta let them go and maybe 
you know, we feel like the the digs thing was something like that was there was some locker room stuff or maybe he didn't quite fit mm-hmm. or buy into everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we got something similar going on here. I'm I, I don't know. And that's there's a lot. You know, it's all speculation at this point. So I don't want anyone to think that we're we're bringing anything inside. I think people have heard about the Ragnar and 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 uh, Glasgow possibility. If you haven't, well, there's a little bit of insight. Info for you. But uh, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's there's just um a lot, a lot of talk, and no, nothing to clear it up. I always thought Glasgow was good. I always thought Glasgow was good, uh, solid guard, a great backup for you at center if something were to happen. Right? He, he, he kind of yeah. fills two pieces for you in that way, and uh, not even making an offer. That's that's something. Well, and there's, I mean, there's a few other ways to look at it. Maybe they're really high on um, Bo. I can't even pronounce his last name, Bizwizzle. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe they're really high on him. Maybe he, well, cause they, you know, the word is he packed on some, some pounds. Maybe it was all muscle and, and <laughs> we'll just, <laughs> um, so, I mean, maybe there's, you know, some truth to that. Maybe they, they have a guy, it, they're, they're keyed in on a guy in free agency. Although uh, Brisden dropped an article that was, you know, worth reading. Um, like, you know, some of his articles are. Um, <laughs> wow, wow. Um, he's not here so, obviously mr <laughs> mr cocky pants <laughs> so uh no but he dropped an article that it would be like it would it would probably send some shock waves through the locker room if they went out and spent a lot of money on a guard because then you'd be saying like that it, it was purely like um, a personal thing that they didn't want, want Glasgow and they didn't want a guy that even if Ragnow, you know, has an issue with him, you certainly haven't heard anybody else having an issue with him and he certainly has performed well. So uh, it would, it would be, and it's not like it, it would, it would have potential to cause some rifts, um, rifts if uh, they went out and spent a whole bunch of money on a different guy. And it's not like Quinn's afraid of the guys from university of Michigan, right? He, he seems to have a little bit of a, uh, yeah. a penchant for the guys there. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, it is very, I, it's I just, it's all been very odd from the get go. And I don't, I don't fully understand it. And I'm not sure that we ever will, but may we, who knows, you know, I'll be looking for more insight on the topic as, as things go along and, and listen to what Graham has to say after he signs somewhere else inevitably. And, and, uh, yeah, but I don't know. All right. We'll keep going here. Um, we've got one. This is this is, might be a little bit of a bitter pill for Case to swallow, but that's the best ones to watch him take down. Um, Lions most overpaid player going into 2020 free agency. And we actually agreed on this uh, as, as we talked about this ahead of time. We um, we kind of it was this is basically this was posted by Waxo in the subreddit. We both basically agreed that um, with Waxo, it's Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse was the. The superstar signing for you last year felt really good. We picked up Hawk. It felt like we we're going to have two massively dynamic tight ends that were going to completely change the way this offense functioned. And well, they did. One got injured and one couldn't catch the ball. Uh, there was, and I don't, I don't, it's not fair. I mean, he's not Ebron bad at catching the ball. He just wasn't involved in the offense yeah. that much and didn't really stand out and, and didn't, didn't perform at the contract he was given. Um, what do you think of what are you thinking going into free agency this year? I mean, we're 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 still riding him, right? We have a uh, how much time's left on his contract? Well, there's he's signed through 2023. Um, yeah. We can we can cut bait after 2020, um, and and have you know it'll, it'll be like a four million dead cap that year, um, three the next and one and a half the year after. So I mean, it, it's not you know, but 
they won't cut him this year. We'll we'll give him one more year to see, you know, if he can, you know, really produce. And if not, then it's, you know, up in the air. Um, I, as you know, you all know that like I was very excited about it. It certainly didn't turn out the way I, I can't, I can't win all of them. Um. <laughs> oh my God. My plug for my plug for Andrew Billings is going in again right here, but um. oh, God. <laughs> God. this is, this is horrific. This is right out of the gate. God. Just, just go through it. I'm just taking shots it. left and right. <laughs> just work through it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. I mean, I was very disappointed and, and I, <clears throat> I, it's one of those things where I'm not even really sure why he wasn't able to be more effective. Uh, his PFF score was mediocre. Maybe the, I think it was the worst of his career. I mean, his production was the worst of his career. Um, we, the question would always remain, you know, if Stafford had stayed healthy all year, would his production have gone up? And there's no reason to necessarily believe it would have, but there's, there's, you know, reason to think maybe it would have, especially after Hawk, you know, continue to miss time. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's really a tough situation, but I mean, I definitely think we'll get, we'll see one more year for sure out of him. And then we'll know, you know, which direction it's going. So what's going on from there? Yep. Okay. I'll take that. Um, yeah. Jesse did not perform. He did not perform up to expectations. I'm hoping it is more symptomatic of the overall ailment of the, of the, the offense after Matthew Stafford went down. Um, if you mm-hmm. want to know a player, you talk about quarterbacks, elevating the people around them. Um, that, that, that came up in the slack this week. Um, what wide receivers have gone on from the lions and done well, right? Their career highs tend to have been in Detroit, even golden right. Tate, right? We, we talked yep. about him, how well golden he did Tate, here. Marvin number Jones. He's number three before he got here, Marvin Jones, right? uh, Golden Tate came here. He's a number one since then. He's he's not playing like a number one. I would say that I agree with what we, you know, where we landed in the chat that Matthew Stafford elevates the players around him. Mm -hmm. Um, Him not being there likely hurt Jesse James this year. I'm going to talk about Ebron again later in the show, but he might be the only example of a guy who left Detroit as a receiver or running back who saw greater production somewhere else than he did in Detroit. I thought it was Um, similar. It, I mean, it was it was a higher number in terms of like his production. It wasn't Same necessarily a better like right. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't necessarily a better player. He was just getting targeted all the time because he was the only guy they had, you know, available. Yeah, um, quick public and and obviously, now. obviously, we know you know after year two, Colts fans are <laughs> lamenting that pick. They're out. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, real quick public service announcement. Um, I saw this on Reddit. Uh, actually, it was in the Lions subreddit. Um, prevention um, from the coronavirus. Go ahead and uh, here put I'm on touching your, my face and whatever. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you wear your Ebron jersey, you're assured you can't catch anything, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you should be safe. So just mark mm-hmm. that, folks, and uh, and take take heed in, in what you do from there. All right. Um, I'll yeah. wear a Reggie Bush one underneath it too. <laughs> he he got run it, but yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Let's talk really quick about. Um, <clears throat> All the great things, all the wonderful things that you can get uh, yourself at Amazon, right? What a great place you get! You get everything you need, except that bald sob is making all of that money off you guys. He's 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 just going to the bank. He's 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 just buying islands and and living too high. You don't want him to do that. Let's let's stand up against the man and go to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. That'll take you to Amazon, but you're taking money right out of his pocket with every purchase. Isn't that great? Isn't that what you want to do? Hold the man down. Read distribute that money right into the coffers of the Detroit Lions podcast. 
it's a great way to support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. I don't know, right? It's, it's, it's I try to make it fun. We're then. trying to be non-political, <laughs> but still like fun. Just trying to have fun. Just trying to have fun. So yeah, uh, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. It'll take you right to the site. You won't even notice that you didn't go straight to Amazon, but you are at Amazon. It just throws a cookie and it tells them to give us a cut of the profit instead of that bald bastard. So there you go. Uh, anyone who does that, thank you. Thank you all who are doing that. We appreciate the support for the show because I know it is a couple extra keystrokes to do that. So thank you all, uh, everyone who does that. And thank you even more to those who told, tell the friend. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into it. Case has a crush. And hopefully this isn't in the in the realm of the Jesse James kind of world <laughs> from last year. But this will be more like Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, I promise. OK, okay. <laughs> so we're looking at free agency. Free agency starts on March 18th, which is the Wednesday after. Well, the Wednesday after the Wednesday after we record this, it's eight days away. And um, we, we need to start kind of thinking about what does this mean and what is the effect going to be for the Lions? Right. All the talk about the draft is is interesting kind of uh, thought exercise. You have the senior bowl, which kind of might tra- change some stock along the way. Then you have the combine, which shifts uh, player stock along the way. You see Derek Brown take a hit because of his combine performance. But it's truly free agency that, you know, makes a direct impact upon what a team's going to do in the draft. And I know case you want to talk about that we'll start let's start with how free agency moves might affect the lions draft choices and then we'll go into some of the players yeah um it's what we do what the decisions we make in free agency and this is you know i mean this is every year this is nothing new will give us a better insight um into where we can start expecting um you know i've i've had a couple I'll, I'll I'll be humble here and say a couple what? lucky guesses, lucky guesses on our draft picks the last few years um, on who they would be. But um, that I didn't make those guesses until after free agency. I didn't make those guesses until after I'd seen what we did and what positions we addressed there, because then it, it's pretty, you know, you, you obviously you can use a process of elimination to see what's left. Mm-hmm. And you, and, and so if we were to say, uh, go after, and, and I know you said we'll talk about specific players later, but I mean, if we were to go after Chris Harris Jr., for example, um, it would be a stopgap. Okay, uh, we'd have, you know, two veteran cornerbacks on the outside, uh, but I think that would reduce the chances that Okuda was our target in the draft. Um, I don't necessarily think that's likely. If they were to spend money on an edge rusher, I think the the I, the concept that we were going after Chase Young would diminish. And if Chase Young were there at three, and we had already spent money there, um, then you know we'd be more likely to still trade down with somebody who really wanted Chase Young, even if we wouldn't get the same kind of haul that we might if we um, trade down for a team going after a quarterback. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because the, the team does have some needs and this will likely affect more needs, actually right quite a few <laughs> this will affect more this will less affect you know who they take in the first round because i think that's i i think there's generally a consensus that that's down to three maybe four depending on your feelings on brown um players in that first round uh even if we trade down but it affects later on. You know, do we go after running back in the second or third round? Do we, are we looking for a replacement for uh, Marvin Jones or Amendola long-term? And if we, if we picked up somebody like Travis Benjamin, maybe they're trying to get a few years out of him. I don't know. Sure. Um, if uh, things, things of that nature. So, I mean, it, it's always, my favorite part of the off season is free agency just because it, you, it shows 
where the team still has work they need to do going into the draft. I always feel like it's much easier to predict the direction of things after that than before that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, that's, I mean, that's obvious. I'm not blowing anyone's mind with that statement or anything. You typically don't, but it's still good to level yeah, well. right? And the, and these are some of the things some of the players will talk about here. We'll, we'll lay out a foundation for how those things could happen. Um, let's talk a little bit quickly on the draft because we got some some stuff coming in the chat. And I want to tell, tell folks, uh, feel free to call us, uh, 248-782-8384. Two four eight seven eight two eight three or four eight two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four or Detroit Lions podcast all one word on Skype. You can use either of those and get in touch with us, and we'll talk with you live on the show. Um, so here's a couple things. Biggest fear from Don H is the Lions trade lower than five, and I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. About I, that. I disagree. Okay, but. and then well, let's talk about that a little bit, and then let's uh, we, we got a, a little, another one about Fant from the Seahawks being a nice free agent. Let's talk about how an offensive tackle might fit on this in this scheme. I, I'm not sure that that's exactly where we want to where we want to head, but uh, I, and I'm not sure how up, up to speed you are on uh, on George Fant um, case, so we can kind of secondary that. So <laughs> I, I I agree with Don about trading lower than five because we give away Chase Young or uh, Jeffrey Okuda by doing that, and I want one of those two guys. I really, really want one of those two guys. Those are uh, long-term talents that absolutely change the face of the team. Trading down to, you know, six with the Chargers. Trading down, what is it, 11 with the, the Raiders? I forget where they are. Uh, I just I just don't feel good about falling down the, the, the charts like that. We, we picked a 10 and wound up with a, a tight end. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm just not... I'm just not down with that. You have the top guys uh, at your disposal at the top of the draft. There, you, you need to get that kind of um, that kind of a dude. As we talk about Wisco's dude theory, um, we we need one of those kind of just generational types of players. Now, why are you feeling fine about moving below five? What what? Well, because I don't ascribe to that theory. I ascribe to you know overall. <laughs> like, you know, raising the overall level and not necessarily relying on a stud or two studs. Uh, although, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying you don't need those guys, but we already have a couple of those guys. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't want more. I'm just saying that if you, if you get more draft picks in the first two rounds, you've got more players who can upgrade a lot of positions. And if you can upgrade a lot of positions, you know, uh, the, the this draft, and I know that a lot of people will feel that this gets said, you know, every year. Um, and I think by some it does, but I, I, this draft has been regarded as one of the most talent rich in recent history. A wide receiver and, for sure. <laughs> and, well, at, at, yeah, at a, at a lot of positions, at offensive tackle, at uh, on, on uh, interior defensive line, there are some guys. Um, but if you had enough opportunity to add more of those guys, guys who might've potentially gone in the first round another year, you know, you had, you had a whole bunch of talent to the team. And I, I I'm, I'm not saying that I don't want a chase young or don't want a Jeff Okuda mm -hmm. or to a lesser extent Simmons. I, I would love to have one of those players. I would, I, I, and it would be very exciting, but having a bunch of guys who are all, special in one way or another and and can improve a lot of the things that this team does in in maybe not in in the monumental way that a single guy can but in in lots of lots of smaller ways i'm i'm not opposed to that at all it's all about value it's as long as we get the right value for doing it i have no problem with doing it 
Yeah. And, and so my thinking on this is, especially where we are right now in the draft and where we are in the talent build in this team, um, one of the things that Bob Quinn's been trying to do is build a team around um, improving the talent across the board. Right. We forever had had no depth or we have Calvin and Sue and Stafford and couldn't pay anybody else and had crap players. We've yeah. spent the last couple of years raising the generalized talent of the team across the board. And now is when I think you bring to use the phrase, the dudes in those, those I star players with that, that chance concept. to push yourself over the top. Hey, we have a caller. Caller, what's your name? How many you had? Hey, this is Chris. Oh, you're tanked. Okay. What's up, Chris? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> how about you guys? Oh, we're doing all right. All right. So, yeah, today uh, I've been doing a lot of my scouting and stuff the last few weeks. That's one of the reasons I haven't been able to call in. I've uh, been grinding my boards and everything like that. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to one guy who really caught my eye. Uh, oh, well, thank Michael you. Michael Pittman from oh, the USC. Okay. He's a wide receiver, and he is very impressive to me. And one of the things that I really like about him is that he seems to have a real nice combination of checking all of the boxes. Most of the time in, the, in this draft, you have guys who either have the production or have the athletic traits or have the technical refinement. Yeah. And for me, he really stood out because he was one of those guys that's able to kind of fill all those boxes. Multi-time captain, has the character, has the leadership, uh, has the production. He's a big school play with three different quarterbacks this year. Still had a ton of catches, ton of yards able to make plays after the catch, has the technical ability, able to create a little bit of separation, but most importantly has the hands. I think he had the best catch rate in his class. Uh, and also has the athleticism. I believe he had nine-plus RAS score uh, in, at the combine. So he's able to really check off all those boxes for me. And mm-hmm. bonus is for a guy that uh, we might not need right away with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. He has experience as a vice. Uh, on special teams. So he's able to contribute in that way uh, as well, beyond just the potential for any receiver, which is really, really nice to see for me. He's a big dude too. Six, four. Yep. So, I mean, if we're kind of mold that we've been building here, there is a possibility. There is a possibility. I know this is going to make some fans upset, but I mean, there is this real scenario where after 2019, or actually, excuse me, after 2020, we have none of Amendola, Marvin Jones, or Kenny Galladay. I know that's going to yep. piss some people off, even just hearing me say that. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, there is a there is a need long term in that position, even if we end up keeping one or two of those guys around. So, yep. And yeah, of those guys, Kenny is the only one I think that's signed through next year. So there's a, a good chance that we lose at least Marvin Adola. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's absolutely. And I think wide receivers, as I said earlier, were super, are super deep in this draft. I see, I, I, I'm, I'm looking the third round before we, we even pick one up. I, I think that Okuda young kind of one of those two in the beginning. And then uh, depending on where you go in the draft, right. Which drives that you may look for the opposite kind of player uh, beyond that um, to, to help shore it up. You may be looking for an offensive guard as well, depending on Glasgow and, and what happens in, uh, in uh, free agency. And uh, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But I think you're looking at third round to fourth round before you start picking up wide receivers. But based on where we picked up Galladay and how, well, Quinn has scouted those. I'm I'm okay with that at this point. I'm I'm feeling okay. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, yeah, I talked about this on a previous episode a while ago, but this staff has a lot of receiver scouts or guys who played receiver or have a history of scouting receivers on our staff. I was going through our, our uh, front office and I believe like three or four of our like executive guys, like underneath Quinn, either played receiver, coached receiver, or like have history of finding receivers in the draft. So just a very interesting uh, skill set from that standpoint. And it's also the position that the Patriots historically are the worst at drafting. I believe they were like 32nd in receiver drafting in terms of success rate or something yeah. like that. It's because they're always drafting 32nd. So it's 32nd. really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird that they have that kind of failure, typically historically, in finding these receivers. But then obviously Quinn helps make up for that. Uh, with his ability to bring in guys underneath him who are strong in that area. Mm-hmm. So, and it seems to have worked out so far. And I think the other part of it is, is when you have a team that wins like they did, uh, the Patriots, that is, you can get that veteran talent to come in at a good rate because they yep. want that ring. And right. uh, that's a big that's a big piece of that. But you've got to build that first team. You've got to get that first team to get over the hump to make people want to come. That, that includes building the culture. That includes a lot of pieces. So we'll have to see how it all comes together in that regard. But um, this, this kind of leads towards that discussion of do they get one more year or do they get two more years? Um, and I'm, I, I think they're getting too barring an absolute catastrophe this year, but that's for another future conversation. <laughs> and yeah, even like our coaching and development, Robert Prince has done a fantastic job with most of these guys too. And you guys did the interview with him in uh, Mobile mm-hmm. and talked about like how he's able to help build that culture and that work ethic and going back to Calvin and, and those guys. So I think that, that probably helps a little bit too, because the last real big name receiver that the Penn, the Patriots had was probably Randy Moss, yep. right? Yeah. Or unless like actually Wes Walker and Amendola and the slot guys, but oh, they had Antonio so Brown. I think that, that kind of plays into it. <laughs> 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 well, I mean like before, like when Quinn and Patricia were, yeah, 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 yeah. were there, but yeah. So I think that that whole kind of culture and, and factor that kind of plays into it a little bit too. And having a guy of that, of that caliber, uh, for those of you guys who didn't see that interview on the, on YouTube, check that out. Yeah, no, Robert Prince. And I'll tell you what, that's, and that's one of the things that kind of backs up exactly what Coach Font said about the players in the locker room. The story that Prince, uh, Robert Prince told in our interview about Calvin Johnson coming in and not being, uh, I want the ball guy and demanding the ball. And when, uh, Burleson showed up and it was like, oh, I, I can't be, I can't be screaming for the ball. And when Golden Tate shows up, oh, if he's not, saying I need the ball. I'm, I can't say I need the ball. Like one man completely changed the culture of how that wide receiver room acted about getting the ball. And that's why I think it's the converse is true as well. One person can be very, very toxic to a room and change the thinking and the mindset. That's why I look, I'm not saying that Graham Glasgow is a bad guy at all. Right. But if I think about that, in the context of what's going on, he just may not be a fit. There could be a personality thing. And the, the, there's just sometimes there's people you don't get along with. Case and I absolutely hate each other outside the show. I mean, it's it's like cats and dogs. We'd have divorced years ago if we weren't becoming millionaires here. Uh, <laughs> but more realistically, um, there's just certain people you don't get along with. You know what I mean? And 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 no matter how much you try, you, they, they rub you the wrong way. You rub them the wrong way. And in a, in a highly competitive environment like this, um, those things just can't, those just situations just can't work. So I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if there's there's something like that that's going on and that's the reasoning behind it. I know we say we're all professionals and we, we got to get over it. But if you think through your work life, there's someone in there that you just cannot stand that just drives you insane. And and you aren't talking multimillion dollar weekly <laughs> on the line. Right. This is this is a, a really, really big deal. So uh, I think it's more impactful than you get in a in a, in a normal place. So I, I, I don't want to undervalue that stuff. And even at the offensive line, like that's probably why the positions other than maybe quarterback where that kind of communication and teamwork aspect is probably most important. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind too, is it's not just like defensive back where you're just covering your guy and doing your job. There's a lot more to it than that on the OL. Where now, there's like, you have to worry about the guy next to you on both sides. Too. How funny would it be if we heard that it was Graham Glasgow that was sending out the Matthew Stafford's wanting a trade rumors and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying it's true, but I'm just saying, hey, wouldn't that be fun? All right, all Chris, right. you got anything else so, for us? Yeah. Uh, that was the main thing. I just wanted to uh, get that receiver talking a little bit. And uh, this is like you guys were saying before I called in. This is a really nice receiver class in particular. So I will go I'm take a closer saying, look at Michael think- Pittman on your on your uh on your recommendation here. So even if we had one at 35 or like the back end of like the first round or something like that, like I would not be upset or mad. Like this is a fantastic class. Uh, definitely happy to have a lot of these guys on our team next year. Awesome. All right, Christopher, we're going to let you go. We're going to keep rocking here. Uh, thanks for calling in as yep. usual, my friend. And uh, if anyone doesn't know, Chris is our uh, audience ombudsman. So if he'll keep us straight in the chat, if we, if we go off the rails here, thanks a lot, Chris, we'll talk to you soon, man. <laughs> yep, sounds good. Love you guys. Cheers. Talk to you later. All right, brother. All right. All right, we'll take your calls. 782. I got to give you the area code. 248 782 8384. 248 782 8384. You give us a call or um, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word if you want to do it via Skype. So continuing on the free agency, um, let's talk now. Um, there's this guy, Bullings, right? Bullings, or is it Billing is a. How, how do you say that? Who's this guy that you. Uh, are madly Bizwizzle. in love with Bizwizzle. That's it. I thought he was an offensive lineman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I brought it up before. I, I really like Andrew Billings for us um, as a long-term replacement for Snacks. I don't think that he's going to light the world on fire, but he is absolutely uh, the kind of guy that, that would give us the, the um, consistency at the nose tackle position that would allow for all the good things that we really saw when snacks first showed up to happen. Uh, he probably not quite as dominant as snacks managed to be that second half of that season, but um, much more consistent than he ended up being this last year. Um, and it just allows the, it allows them to rush, you know, three guys and still put some pressure on when you, when you don't have to worry about things going up the middle um, and you just, you, you can stand that up real tight and, and don't give the quarterback a place to, you know, flush into um, and not, aren't allowing uh, teams to run up the middle against you, which is God, that's the most demoralizing thing. Um, he just, and, and affordable because and now there are a few other guys that could also be an answer to that long term um Javon Hargrave um would be a possibility out of Pittsburgh uh but it's i just for value compared to what he brings in his fit i think that he's he is truly my guy this year and 
it seems like I've gotten pretty fortunate with the guys I really like being the guys they've ended up picking up. Um, even if I wasn't, you know, right about Jesse James being um, the stud that I wanted him to be, I, I feel like I'm in Bob Quinn's head just a little bit as far as free agency goes. Really? You feel like you're in his head? I've just had, I've had a good track record of kind of guessing where he might go, but. Andrew Billings. Love letters from Case. So, dear Andrew, I really want you to become a Detroit Lion. <laughs> I think you could really make a big difference here. And that's what Bob's thinking. Love, Case. P.S. <laughs> Don't forget to send me a letter because I love you. There's other guys too that, you know, um, it, if they decided to go running back, I mean, it, it could be a case where they even went after somebody like a Melvin Gordon. I don't think that's likely. I don't either. I um, think it's just far too expensive. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, it, there was actually somebody had said something in the subreddit about uh, when will the, or oh, no, they posted an article and I don't even remember where the article was from, but the article, you know, said, when are the Lions going to finally stop ignoring uh, the running back position? And, you know, it, it, I think that's maybe I'm being pedantic about it, but they haven't ignored the running back position. They've used several second rounders that uh, carry on Johnson yeah, um, yeah. Uh, being the latest example, Amir Abdullah and, and job best and um, um, LaShore. It, it's not like they haven't tried <laughs> to, to really create a long-term like positive running back situation. It just hasn't been successful to this point. Well, and um, running back position is a little different than it used to be in the NFL anyway, right? You yeah. don't spend, you don't spend a first round pick on, on a running back. Yeah. I don't care right. who you are in the NFL. It's just, it's, it's a waste. And, um, it's, it's a less used position and the, the value at that position isn't, isn't as high. I think the the fallback from player to player is is less in that position as well. I mean, you've seen us run a lot of guys. Bo Scarborough look great here, right? I mean, I think he's yeah. going to continue to look good because it, it's dependent on so many other things in, in the offense. And um, and like I said, the gap is 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 thinner between those folks, and I think that devalues yeah. all of them as a as a position. There was other possibilities. Um, obviously, Patricia's history with Kyle Van Noy makes him an interesting prospect, but I doubt that at this point, just because I think there's going to be other, a few other teams that are going to really be going heavy after him and somebody's going to overpay him. Um, so I don't expect Kyle Van Noy to be back. Um, uh, Malcolm Butler, also former Patriot here. If we, if we wanted to add safety depth, that would be a possibility. Um, I, I've actually, you know, I've suggested ha ha Clinton Dix before, uh, the mm-hmm. last time he was a free agent. Again, I, I don't really think it's a likelihood. I've never outside of billings. I'm not sure I've had a free agency period where the lions had money to spend, but I really couldn't pinpoint where I thought they were going to go. Uh, you could do a Jamie Collins or something like that. Uh, once again, another Patriot. And I realized that's going to get obnoxious if, if all I'm looking at is former Patriots, but um, guys who would fit the scheme, which obviously is an issue uh, is, is fitting into the scheme here. So uh, there are players out there that are possibilities, but, I'm uh, I'm just not completely sold because there aren't a lot of players out there who have the perfect fit of age and value and uh, a positional you know relevance to us. Um, that's that's a tough combination to come by, and I, I don't see as many of them in this draft that that stick out to me as clearly as I have maybe the last few years. Yeah, yeah. 
Not bad. Okay, so that's that's a good one. Uh, Mr. Billings, uh, Love Letters from Case is a good one. What about Chris Harris Jr.? You, you want to talk a little bit about him and how he might fit? I do want to, in the meantime, say um, Publix Delivery Instacart is, is pretty freaking amazing. They're bringing me. <laughs> I'm, I'm running low on my, my alcohol. And I would I would normally go get it myself, but I'm here for you folks to, to support you with our wonderful podcast. So right. let's all hail to alcohol delivery services uh, across the nation. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> You can help us sustain that habit through the super chat. Hit the little dollar sign below and uh, give a brief donation. Help support our, our bad habits. Uh, okay, Chris Harris Jr. What did you What did you have on him, Case? I know you want to talk about him as a possibility. Well, it's and just how a, he might it's, affect the draft. It's it, like I said, it's just a possibility of a of a concept. Like um, if we brought him in, it would be on a uh, like a two year deal probably. Um, I've seen success out of veteran quarterbacks. They're not or cornerbacks, excuse me. Um, they're not always going to have the physical attributes that some of the younger guys will have. But um, you know, it, we've obviously seen Chris Harris play at a consistently high level through almost his entire career. Um, so you'd be able to plug him in at the number two. And this is assuming Slay is still here this year. And then you're basically going to have to tear everything down. And you'd hope, you'd hope that Aruarie, uh, you know, takes his next step because I think there is a lot of value there, uh, potential value there out of Aruarie. Um, But after this year, you'd essentially be assuming that you're just, you're going to have to start from scratch. Yeah, I'm telling you, Oroweria is gonna be is gonna be just the guy. He's he's going to be a great cornerback. I just have a lot of mm-hmm. I, his, his as he grew and at the end of last year, his play was was really really stepping up. Loved what I saw out of a first year guy. That's why I like the Oroweria um, Okuda kind of combo because you got Okuda's a guy that can start year one and play well, but you have Darius Slay for that first year to help bring him up. But you think about what your the cost of your cornerbacks are in year two. Mm-hmm. Three and four, it with Slay gone and, and Okuda on a rookie. Our mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to do it. Our on a uh, on a rookie deal. I mean, that gives you a lot of room to play with the rest of your roster and spend some money. And uh, I just I really love the idea of that because those are key positions on on this different on this defense. And um, I just uh, that's 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 where my head's at for the draft. I know Chase Young is if he's there, you take him over Okuda every day. But mm-hmm. you know, Chris, what I really Chris wish Harris does change. That, that calculus pretty quick for you though yeah what i really wish while looking at this um free agency was that there was a, a like a wide receiver like either either slot or outside that i really liked as a long-term uh solution um a long-term uh like a like a short-term depth guy long-term solution at at either you know outside or in the slot and i just don't really see anyone who fits that. Like I said, Travis Benjamin is out there. Uh, I liked him as a possibility before we got Marvin Jones, even though I was, I I was definitely leading towards Marvin Jones, but I thought Travis Benjamin was a possibility uh, coming from the Browns before he went to the chargers. Emmanuel Sanders is out there, but he's ancient. Uh, I don't think that's, you know, that there's no long-term value in that for us. Um, Not that, not that Travis Benjamin is young either. So, you know, um, it's just a, it's kind of a bleak landscape if that's the, if that's, you know, a thing that we want to improve on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, we got one. This is an interesting one. And I, I just want you to get to get you to weigh in on it a little bit with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne-Marie Jonkman comes in with pay money for talent, limit risk. I'm a hundred percent on board with it right now. Pay for past performance. And I'm going to, I'm going to disagree 
um, pretty big right there. The because I don't think it's about the past performance; it's per, it's future performance that you're paying for. There's nothing worse than signing a big contract on somebody that did great things before they signed that contract, but went went, went to sleep once they that's never they happened to us. Scored the big money, um, <laughs> yeah. And and this is the part that that goes with the limit risk piece that that Anne Marie was talking about, right? But it has to be about paying for the performance you expect in the pu- future. Right. And, and this is the magic of negotiation and contracts. The the players I think get a little hurt. With the limitations around the rookie contracts where they're going to be they're going to show their stuff right yeah but they're just going to get rookie pay scale for that it's that first contract after the rookie contract where if they've shown their stuff that they can make the money for that future performance um and 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 use their past performance as an indicator but when you look at a guy like darius slay we got him for one more year. I wouldn't renegotiate with him ahead of this year. After that, he's in the wrong side of 30. You know what happens with with corners there. Do you pay him a record cornerback deal for a guy who is, by all accounts, going to decline? <sighs> I love Slay. I've said it every every time we talk about this. I love him to death. But I just can't see breaking the bank to pay a guy. that Hedebo was a guy we talked about like that. Uh, who was mm-hmm. it just now that just, just came through? Uh, it was Snacks. Came through, wanted the big money, mm-hmm. signed the big deal, and then fell through the floor right with performance. You, you, these guys get, try to get that last big deal, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. But you just hate to tie up money on talent that's not going to perform. Well, we all remember DeAndre Levy as well. So. Yes, 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 we do. That one you were you were frustrated by that one like uh, deeply frustrated by that one. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I don't even know that I let it all out on the show. I think, I, think, I, think there was, I held back a little, a little bit. Uh, no, you're right. But but the future talent prospect has worked out so well. I, I get you, Anne Marie. I'm not I'm not going to fully argue. That's that's where the limit risk and and doing their their research really plays out. But what is it? Um, it's not super high. Um, what was it? Oh God, the stat! Ash had this. Ash is amazing in the in the Slack with the the, the stats he pulls out. Um, when when you pick a player, like I'm just going to pick a number just to make sense here because I can't say it like Ash did. If you if you pick player A at five, and then you could have picked player B, and they play pick player B at six, it's literally a, a coin a coin toss, a, a flip, fifty fifty, whether a player A or player B is better, as they've shown throughout the, right. the years. Um, so people get really, really worked up on that, but it's it's absolutely a, a shot in the dark on whether you when you right. when you do a, a Kuda versus Chase Young thing, right? It's it's a fifty yeah. fifty coin flip on whether you beat the right the right guy first or last. So whatever. That's well, especially, I mean, it, 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 a huge part of that being injuries, and you never know who's going to get hurt. So, mm-hmm. um, one other guy, and this is this one would be intriguing, but it's a, I don't think it's uh, it's not going to happen now that we've re-signed Amendola, but I would have loved to have seen us uh, go out and grab Randall Cobb on like a three, four year deal for our, our slot receiver. But um, like I said, another it's re-signing Amendola probably puts the kibosh. He's actually, uh, he's younger than I expect him to be. Hang on a second. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, because my expectation is that he's like 31 or 32, a grizzled veteran on the, the downswing of a career. But I don't I have no that's just my my sense of seeing him in in Green Bay forever. Right. He was so young. He's only 29. My goodness. Okay. He's been and I mean, he's got what is he he look great in Dallas. He looked great. He became a great number three. He's a nine year vet and he's only 29. So he started pretty young. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, hey, we got to we got to tell you really quick about the draft party. Remember that case? Remember doing those? I don't remember it at all. That's that's because of the alcohol <laughs> delivery. <laughs> Every year, 
we do the live draft party um doing just like we're doing on youtube now with the as we record these shows uh come on down head on over to detroitlionspodcast.com on draft day we will do a full first round draft party case and i will go pick by pick and you never know and we may we may pick three we may pick five but there's nothing saying we don't pick 18 or 25 or other trades happen further it's a great great time we have a lot of fun we bring in some good guests usually blandino is one of the guys we talk to uh some other folks we've had arlovsky on and so on um we bring some people into the show talk about the draft talk about the lines where they're at and what, what's going on in the draft it's really really fun it's a great time and it's a great way to avoid the coronavirus because you're not going out and hanging out with all these these sticky fingered people eating chicken wings and sneezing on i was, I was at a work event someone sneezing over the cookies and stuff i was like i i want a cookie but not that bad <laughs> it was horrible i was like you gotta throw those out um you don't want to get yourself into that situation stay home hang out with the boys get your alcohol delivered maybe order a pizza watch a draft with us and you're gonna you're guaranteed to have a great time we have a lot of fun with that the detroit lions podcast draft party it will be live doing the draft on day one we will also do day, day two rounds two and three of the draft so join us and have a good time it's it's a lot of fun and uh, we always have some good stuff for you guys in store so we'll do some prizes and some other stuff and uh we're also going to get ready here to fire up the uh the saint jude thing short it's just been a lot going on i was concerned i might have to move again here and but we may have cut that one off of the past so we'll be able to get this thing going all right we got that going um i want to talk about uh a post in the subreddit by a guy named foreman and it's entitled i thought i'd hold my season tickets for life and i'm not going to read this the whole thing but i want to tell you the gist of it guys he goes to the game with his dad who's 70 um, they've had tickets since the, uh, silver dome. They were on a waiting list two years for Ford field before they finally got them, kept supporting them. Oh, in 16 year, they moved up a bunch, but they moved, been moving up every year and they got a call from the lions, um, about their tickets saying that, uh, you know, from a guy named Tim, who's a little bit of aggressive or a little bit aggressive and, uh, saying, Hey, you guys, um, you guys didn't use all the tickets. You, you 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 sold them. You sold a bunch of the tickets from uh, the game. You only went to two games from with your season tickets, and you sold the rest over on Ticket Exchange. And they went on to t- to talk about everything that happened in this whole conversation. I'm just astounded. Okay, and uh, let me let me take it from the team's perspective first. Okay, I get that the team wants to sell tickets to Lions fans. They're going to be in the seats. The Dallas game when we were there, we uh, Sandman got the suite. We did the sweet life. It was embarrassing to hear the Cowboys fans out cheer Lions fans like ninety to ninety to one. Um, it was it was horrific. It was horrifying. It was terrible to see, and it was it was it was, it was just sucked the wind out of you as a Lions fan. So I get the team's perspective that they don't want to sell off all those tickets to to um, non Lions fans. Okay, sure, especially to a team that travels as well as the Cowboys do. But to call these guys up, they bought those tickets, right? Those tickets are their property at that point. They can buy, sell, do whatever they want, right? They, they, they own those tickets. For the Lions to like act to, to have flagged their account and act like they're not going to allow them to have season tickets because they sold them off, to me, is unconscionable. Especially as they've been they've been around for so long as as season ticket holders. What an absolutely terrible business move to have maybe they had a health crisis people. going on and you'd like they you did. know they Actually, weren't able to go add, to the games yeah, yeah, though. They, so they like in grand rapids or across the state dad had a, a heart procedure done he's lost a step they had all these things going on but the team to be aggressive 
and phone harass. Yeah. Uh, uh, much less a three like and twelve and one team doing that, right? It's like, wow. Let's let's woe it back there, folks. Let's let's woe that yeah, back. I don't like that at all. Un unhealthy way to treat the people who spend lots of money on what's been frankly a mediocre product. All right. Let's let's treat people with the respect they deserve. That one I read that story and I'm sure there's there's a side that you don't get because everyone tells their side of the story, right? But that was mm-hmm. that that one just really rubbed me the wrong way. You don't treat the people, especially the big money spending people uh, mm-hmm. who treat your organization well like that. That's just that's just outside the lines of okay. And flagging accounts because people sell no. No, they bought that. They don't, nobody's going to flag me because I buy a new car every six months and sell it. I, I don't, by the way. But nobody's because it's my car, right? I, I own that. It's the same thing with these tickets. It's the same thing with a computer. It's the same thing with whatever the hell you buy and sell. Um, that's just, that's ugly. That's ugly. That's, that's a bad, bad look. Way worse than any of this stuff with Glasgow or the players or the Calvin Johnson bonus payment, all that. You don't treat the fans like that. That, that Somebody in the front office needs to get a, a quick turnaround on that and get that taken care of yesterday. Because that is yep. dumb. That is dumb Yeah, business. I don't like that at all. So, all right. Sorry. I just want to talk about that. Really quick, though. If you still want to support the team <laughs> after such a, a folly, go on over to <laughs> fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Oh, not- your segues are getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like aging like milk over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whiplash, right? Snapping the neck from one side to the other. But you may want to say, I'm, you know what? Now that that happened, I'm not going to buy a Lions jersey. I'm going to go get a Red Wings sweater. I'm going to, it's, 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 all, it's spring training. We got, we got some baseball stuff going on. I'm going to get a baseball jersey. Head on over to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. It's just like the Amazon one takes you over to Fanatics, which is the biggest sports store in the world. With your memorabilia, your gear, your officially branded sporting gear, college, professional, all the leagues, all the sports, you name it, it's out there. You like Premier League stuff, it's there. All that stuff. Head on over to Detroit Lions. I'm sorry, no, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. And uh, they give us a kickback from everything you buy. It's a great way to support the show by doing, doing something you were going to do anyway. If you want to support the show directly and check out some of the merch, I was holding some up earlier while Chris was talking. We got some wicked new clear stickers that uh, show up there. You can't see it, but, uh, you know, since 2015, that DLP one, we got these other stickers here. Look at these stickers. Well, well, this one's a pretty cool one. I like it. It's a little small, but I think you get larger size ones as well. Hey, there you go. Yeah. And then we got some other good stuff. Uh, shirts, really cool t-shirts. Um, I think you guys like some FTP shirts, some other stuff. Go on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and go to the merch store. And there's all kinds of great stuff there to help support the show. That's the way to support the show directly. And, of course, the Super Chat and the YouTube. All right. Uh, with all that, we talked a lot about a lot of stuff here, Case. There was something in particular they want to talk about. And in order to do that, I need to pull out my very, very favorite drop where you will take us around. Settle down, everyone. Calm down. Well, I love that drop. <laughs> I love that I drop more than anything. But. Um, all right. So it's been a minute, and I've just been kind of uh, um, percolating on on various uh, NFC North related things. Yep, yep, yep. For a while now. Yep. Now, now that I have some off season to look back on, and I've heard some rumors and had a chance to kind of look at. Uh, 
look at various situations. No, I'm, I, I'm also picking perfect timing for this because a lot of this is going to change in the next couple of weeks as free agency happens. Um, but before we hit free agency, at least we can get a, we can get kind of an overview and then, and then we'll update it, you know, after the dust has settled. <laughs> so um, maybe you'll switch things up and start uh, at the top of the division with the Packers. Um, looking back at their 2019 season from a statistical standpoint through that lens, they overachieved in terms of their win record uh, compared to the statistics that you would generally expect. Um, that'll happen. It's not a huge surprise, but they won a lot of close games. Their point differential was not what you'd expect the point differential of a team that won that many games to be. And that tends to be a very good indicator of, of future um, regression. It, not necessarily in terms of uh, in terms of how good or bad a team is, but in terms of how many wins they're likely to have. That tends to be a pretty strong indicator. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> you had them, like I said, you had them winning a lot of close games and that's, that is a tough thing to sustain from year to year. Uh, So you'd expect a little bit of a change in that. They were also extremely healthy and you'll remember me talking last year about the bears Mm -hmm. and that they were one of, if not the, the healthiest team in the league that helped lead to them to the season that they had the, the, you know, outrageous win number that they had and that that was likely to come crashing back down. Well, a similar thing happened to the to the Packers this last year. They didn't have a lot of injuries. There was a couple problems with their receiving core, but like on defense, they all the, their studs played, you know, everything. So that would be one area that you would also expect this next year for them to dip. Uh, their turnover differential was um, much more favorable compared to their wins than what you would expect it to be. Um, they don't, now here's what I'll say. They, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over very much. So like that's probably not going to change. And they're, as a result, their turnover di- differential is usually going to be a positive for them. That's, but it, it was I, I a to, little bit. I'm sorry, Case. I have to jump in there. You're absolutely right that he doesn't turn the ball over much. But he throws the ball downfield all the time and pulls freaking pass interference penalties to get himself out of a three, a third and long yep. or a bad stop. I won't argue with that. That is an amazing talent. I freaking hate it it drives me insane because we see him twice a year and at least once yep. a year he does that to us i get that but this it, it's it's how does he keep getting away with it right i mean it drives right. me no and believe me yes it doesn't feel like football it doesn't it feels like game in the game that and the the quick snap to get 12 men on the field i get it's part of the game it just feels cheesy it feels yeah it, it, dirty yeah, it's always and been weak yeah. and uh, sorry you just, it, it you makes just, you understand it makes you understand how afc east fans feel about the patriots yeah. because they're always pulling shit that's like it, so when they do them. when they do have like something minor you know that that, that like the deflate gate and things like that like they they really want to pile onto that thought train just because they want some excuse for you know all of the, the ways that they've been destroyed and it, it's tough it's not an easy thing and fun thing now it's absolutely triggering the yes oh absolutely 100 100 go ahead sorry it really, really... <laughs> no you're you're totally right um, okay so having said all these things having having like statistically i would expect them to regress mm-hmm. having said that um we and we we're just talking about them and i know that it's cliche uh but it is you know 
Rodgers and whether or not he's healthy. And he keeps saying he wants to play forever, basically. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need someone who could snap his collarbone again. <laughs> it's funny, but it's horrible. <laughs> part of the game. It's part yeah. of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the best part of the game. I mean, that's not me talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, um, he keeps saying that he wants to play, you know, for a long time, whatever. But he has shown signs of aging. He is no longer the mob- as mobile as he used to be. Um, he is also his the how consistently he can stay healthy is is now a, a true and real question mark. So whether or not they repeat as the top of the division hinges so much on him and his health, both in, in the long-term age sense and in the acute sense of not you know getting banged up. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Brian Bulaga probably not returning uh, what they do with the, uh, their offensive line situation, whether they chase that in free agency or whether or not that's the, uh, is it Josh Jones. I might be getting the name wrong. Uh, offensive tackle has been projected them by quite a few um, uh, uh, mock drafts. Mm-hmm. The other issue is that outside of Devontae Adams, he's got crap for receivers right now. Um, and he still made that work. You know, he still doesn't throw interceptions uh, barely at all, um, even with bad receivers. But you're going to limit unless they can go out and address that aggressively this off season. And once again, free agency is probably not going to, you know, result in that. So the other, the other big thing that you're going to see in mock drafts for, for the Packers is wide receiver, the Jeff Judy's and, and that kind of thing of the world. Um, that is a highly likely scenario that they go out and try to do something to improve his, his situation in the past game. Um, unfortunately I don't think they're likely to see much regression on defense and they do have enough money, not, not a ton of money, not a ton of money, not as much as the lions, not that the lions have a ton of money. The lions are all almost like league average and and the Mm -hmm. Packers are somewhat behind that, but um, they have the second most money in the division. Um, They have enough to do a little bit, a little bit. And uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see what they, they make out of that. Um, But I, I still think that you have to look at them going into the season as the team to beat in the, in the NFC North, but there are definitely things that could derail them. Um, especially offensively things that could easily derail them if they, if they can't protect Aaron Rodgers and if they can't get weapon for Aaron Rodgers, it's it, it, they won't be the, you know, perfect team by any means. Agreed. Okay. <sighs> well, we, we, there's always the collarbone. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Chat kills me. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, okay. Don't worry about me. We'll keep going. No, keep it's rolling. all right. It's all right. I just want to, I wanted to give you the opportunity if you had anything else to jab in there. So, um, all right. No, Vikings. I, I, I'll tell you the one thing is I, I just can't right now even think about the Packers. The, the, like, like, <laughs> like we've said and, and we continue to say, um, they are, um, they are now going to be, um, active in free agency where they weren't before. They're now right. taking a whole which is still bizarre tack. to me, absolutely yeah. bizarre. I still haven't got like my head wrapped fully around that. No, but. hopefully they they come into this you know as amateurs at it 
uh, yeah. and, and make all those amateur mistakes and fail miserably. I mean, I mean he didn't is, last year, unfortunately. Stop! Don't don't take don't don't take me down. Okay, I'm, I'm having a hard enough time right now. Um, I, I would really just love to see them just fail miserably, and and it's due, right? I mean, look if you talk if, if you believe in regression to the mean. They're due for like 40 years of just horrid, oh, yeah. horrid play. You don't get two Hall of Fame uh, quarterbacks in a row. Nobody gets that. Nobody gets that. And you're not allowed. It's just like, this is like, they got a voodoo doll. Now, what's crazy is what have they gotten out of that? Two Super Bowls? Right. That's really, that's really not. So, I mean, they, they've underachieved their, you yeah. know, yeah. to what they, they should have had. But um, winning Super Bowls isn't easy. Um, <laughs> what? but I think, you know, even, even at the win record they had last year, even at the high win record they had last year, we kind of saw it, you know, the, us, you know, as division rival fans, we watched their games. We knew that they weren't like, they weren't all that in a bag of chips. They were just some of that. And, you know, some tater tots, some pita bread. I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, some hummus and carrots. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't ah! like the full package. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I wanted Cheetos. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Take us, um, take us to Minnesota. Make yeah, us feel we'll, we'll, we'll go to Minnesota. I, I, I the I'm, land of the high, I'm 15 awesome. minutes away from Minnesota. All right, let's go there. Land of the awesomely okay. overpaid quarterback with guaranteed yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that is an interesting situation that they will have to cross. Not this offseason, although the, there is possibility that they could, you know, decide on an extension. There's a pinch uh, because year, they are desperate for cap money. They yep. are they are one of the worst teams in the league in terms of available cap money. Um, they they have a few starters that they're going to have to deal with one way or the other. So um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if they decide to make the long-term uh, give on Kirk Cousins. And I'm not sure that I can fault them for doing so because even though he is, you know, at best a low-end top 10 quarterback, um, and at worst, a, a you know, a below average franchise quarterback. Um, he's consistent and he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And, and when they have put good weapons around him, which they generally have been able to do, especially this last year, he's performed, you know, he's performed how you'd expect him to perform. He, he has a lot of, um, I see some similarities to Andy Dalton. If you remember Andy Dalton in, in uh, the years, well, yeah, you you, if you remember what Andy Dalton did, (laughs) we'll talk about Andy Dalton again in a minute when we get to the bears. But um, if you remember what he did uh, with the Bengals in the years that they had, they had AJ green and Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu and uh, one of the best offensive lines and a good run game. You know, he was able to put up some gaudy statistics and people started talking, is he an MVP candidate? Well, no, he really wasn't. He was just surrounded by really good talent and the Vikings were able to do that for Kirk cousins last year. I remember the days of the red rifle. (laughs) Boy can sling a ball. (laughs) It's like a Red Dead Dead Redemption storyline here. Um, (laughs) Side quest. Uh, Tell me a tale about the red rifle. (laughs) If you remember. So it's going to be difficult. I'm going to rein this in. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So at least. Yarn about the red rifle. (laughs) I give up. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. You ready? You, you good? You got anything? If you got anything else, go ahead. No, no I'm good. All right. All right. Okay. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. 
right, I'm done. I'm, I'm done for sure this time, I promise. <laughs> oh, wait, they don't. So at least on paper, like the Vikings are going to have a really difficult time improving this off season. Uh, but it, at the same time, you can look that well, they got, you know, a third rounder um, uh, um, comp pick and they have got a couple extra seventh rounders that not that I care much about seventh rounders. Um, they've, so they don't have they they have better draft capital than I think anybody else. But the Lions, wait a second, I'm trying to remember. I think maybe the Packers got some good comp picks too. I'll have to Andy Dalton check on that. Mind. I hate comp picks. By the way, can I can I? I'm oh, gonna yeah, sidetrack momentarily. I I, I, I hate comp picks. Yeah, I hate oh, comp picks. God, yeah. I think Third they're the round, most. There's a whole boatload of them this year. They're they're they don't make sense in the modern NFL. The whole reason behind them is was you know an act of trying to create parity. But now all it is 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 the really good teams. And I'm not I'm not suggesting those really good teams are doing like anything wrong. It's just a it's just a, 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 a institutional issue. Uh, those good teams are just thirty-two picks, picking up too many extra. Year. I mean, in New England is just raking in compensatory picks, like, and that's you know, great, wonderful, good ten for everyone. Third round, ten third round compensatory picks. Think about that. That's a third of the picks just inserted, and you're dropping a third of the round, the fourth round lower because of those 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 picks dropping at the end of the third round. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, it just I and, and, and like my my reaction to my my hatred for comp picks is probably an overreaction. I just don't think it it doesn't make any sense in the in the way that they've become used and abused in the NFL to keep them around, especially and and the there was the whole big deal about them being tradable, you know, uh last year or the year before, I don't remember which year it started, and, and that's just making them more valuable and more, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think they make sense. So that that being said, okay, mm-hmm. Vikings have a mediocre draft, uh, you know, capital. They have a, a late first round pick, and they have, I think, most of their regular picks. So I like they're in good shape there. Um, so, they're, but they're going to have to use those to fill the gaps that they're losing in free agency because um, you're likely to see Harris gone, their safety, and uh, if they do that, they pretty much have to re-sign Sendejo, and and Sendejo is on the decline. So. Um, the worst we've ever seen Smith Harrison Smith mm-hmm. uh, was when they had to ask him to do too much. Yes. And that is a possibility that we would see again is if they have to ask him to do too much, he can only, he, he can do everything well, but if you have to try to ask him to do everything all the time, you're not going to get the best performance out of him that you can get out of him. So um, that is a, that is an issue that they will have to address. Uh, Everson Griffin is a likely is likely to be gone. He'll be an interesting guy to track this uh, off season. Um, had a decent, you know, uh, number of sacks, this year, uh, despite the, you know, um, uh, personal reasons games missed early in the year. Um, so he'll be an interesting guy to see what happens with him. And uh, Alexander, their, their slot corner is a potential to retire. Uh, he's also a free agent, Mackenzie Alexander. He was solid for them. Um, and I'm not sure whether or not, they have someone quite as good as him to replace him. So they are going to have to use those picks in an attempt to fill some of these holes that are, that are left by starters. There's also a good chance that they would, I mean, it's almost a given that they're cutting Xavier Rhodes. 
um, because he had a terrible year and is costing them too much money. They are possibly going to cut Linval Joseph. Um, he's he's a really solid player, but he's just costing them a lot of money. And if they really need that money, that's you know that's one place they can go to get it. That leaves a lot of holes on the team to fill, especially on the defense. Now, I won't. I'll be surprised if their defense drops to below average this year, even at that. But average if they drop to average that might not be the most surprising thing in the world even though i think mike zimmer is a very good defensive coach that's just been such a fearsome defense for so many years i just yeah i would love to see them revert to the mean or regress to the mean well average or worse but it'll be interesting to see, we'll see. and long they have some long-term needs on the offense but but uh short term they've still got a relatively consistent unit um they're they're probably ditching pat elfline so they need a they need a new center i think they do uh, Andy so they probably need a new center. So there's that too. Um, but overall, I think their offense is likely to be consistent. You've got, you know, really good wide receivers. They, they need long-term solutions at the wide receiver position, especially because uh, Diggs is probably out of there after this year. Um, and, and there is even potential that he could be traded still. Obviously he's got, you know, he's, he's one of the most dramatic guys um, in the league right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's that. Uh, but I, I would still say that I would expect it. it if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, which is not a given, no, given no, his no, history, no. but if he stays healthy for 16 games, seven, 17 games, um, <laughs> 17 weeks, he, uh, <laughs> Don't get he, uh, he is, provides the consistency for them that they need. And they can still have a very ball control oriented offense where that gives you big plays from time to time. I think the defense even if it regresses to average, the offense is enough to hold them up where they're still a team where you'd expect them to have a winning record, even if it's not a great winning record, like a nine to 11 wins and probably, you know, they'll be in contention for the division. Um, they're more likely a wild card type team, but they, they feel like once we're going to keep going back to the Bengals. Um, it's, it's like go. the Bengals for so long. Like, like who is the quarterback? I, I've been calling it uh, Bengals, Bengals, itis, Bengals, itis. I don't know. The quarterback. Who was it? They they kept making the playoffs like every year for so long, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. And there's another connection there with Mike Zimmer having been with the Bengals at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, they just couldn't ever quite get over the hump. And I'm, I think that is possible that the Vikings have entered that stage of their existence where every year you're going to have to, they're going to be a tough team to play and you're, you're going to have a tough time beating them, but they're not going to be able to hold up to the elite teams. any whenever it comes to the playoffs. So that's, that's kind of where I see them in the, this year and from another future. sport. And this is where I don't see, I don't see the, the the Packers being this team, um, but if I go back and think of the NHL and when the line, the Red Wings were making their rise to the, the dynastic times, it was the Colorado Avalanche. They were a great team that we continue to play, and we just had to beat them in order to really launch ourselves in the playoffs and find success. Success, and it was the year you know. There's there's some great great um, stuff out there. Um, the uh, we've talked about the uh, the different um, uh, documentaries on them, but. Uh, 
when when they came out that year and wanted up beating Claude Lemieux's ass and a couple other things, there was a point where there was the success after having beating our heads. We'd beat win, we'd lose. It was really even, but we came out on top. And there was a sense that when we did it that time, this this time was for good. We beat them, we beat them down, and we overcame. And it was like they're behind us now. We've 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 overcome. And I feel like that's where the Minnesota Vikings are in the Lions world right now. The Ro- the 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 Rogers the Packers are going to be the Packers all the time. Right. But it's the it's a it's a team. Like, and we and I think we got a sense of, hey, we've beat them a lot home and away. Now, I think we're we still lose here and there. There's the games this year that we're we never were behind in regulation. And and I get that. But I think the, the, the Vikings and the, the strength of that team and the toughness that they play with, there's when we get to that point where we beat them and there's going to be a sense that we have actually conquered them yeah. and, and we'll own them for the next couple of years. I think that's the point where when you're going to see that kind of launch of the Lions playoff runs and that kind yeah, of greatness. I would agree this with team. that. This is the team that we really need to to continually own and get that sense of ownership on. And I don't mean it from a, you know, like, a, 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 you know, whatever, a, a heckling kind of place. There's just a sense that you, you, you feel it. You know when your team has taken that step over another team. And I think this is going to be a real, mm-hmm. real kind of bellwether for the, for the Lions. Yep, I agree with that. I, I think that's a... A good point. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the Bears. Lastly, you need the Russian five and the Lions. Five Russians. We can take it. Right. <laughs> the Russian quarterbacks um, are big in the league right now. The Bears. Like it, <laughs> the only the only people it seems who didn't see the regression from Bears coming last year was Bears fans. <laughs> like everyone saw it, and and and. I'd love to toot my own horn about it, but it was just so freaking obvious that, you know, I can't even, I can't even, right. I can't even really take credit for it just because everybody, everybody knew they had everything going for them. They had the health they had, you know, they just had a ridiculous turnover differential. And, and even at that, their point differential was not what you'd expect it to be. All the things I talked about, the Packers uh, happened to them, but even more extreme, uh, and the only, the only, you know, thought was, you know, well, it'll be a second year in the system, blah, 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 blah. And it didn't, you know, it, it obviously didn't work out for them in the positive. Uh, they, they finished eight and eight, which given the amount of resources they put into their immediate versus their future is very disappointing for them. I'm sure. Is it the first round pick this year? I don't remember. Nope. nope. <laughs> Nope, I nope, didn't nope. remember. I just <laughs> they got it. They did get a fourth round comp pick. Now but, this, one, um, this one, this one, the first round one is going to the Raiders, right? This is for the back. Yes. And I think they, I think they might be getting a, they might have an extra second round pick that that's coming back from that. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, there's that, but they still don't have, you know, they could have been picking in the top, 16 and they're not well next year um, they'll be able to pick their quarterback in the first round yeah there you go they'll be picking in the top three next year so it's it's all right no um the the, the thing that's the other thing though like i actually don't i i don't think they'll fall that far because i still think the defense is a, likely a even even with some regression because much like the vikings they don't have a lot of money now they've already made some moves they cut prince mukamara um and I, somebody else i can't remember um but they they have enough money to do a few things 
Um, not much, but a few things. But part of the problem for them, and, the, and the, one of the most intriguing things for them, is that they three of their four inside linebackers, Kwiatkowski. Uh, uh, I, I'm not Kwiatkowski, sure if I'm pronouncing. Yeah. Okay, and and Trevathan and uh, one other dude. You got Trevathan right. Name is escaping me. Um, are all free agencies this year, and they were they like like they those were the three guys who started. That you know Trevathan most of the year elbow thing last year was just. I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, you know, it's one of those things, right? You, you, in one hand, it helps your team because it was during the Lions game, but I saw that it, it was funny because like the announcers were surprised, people were even in the in the the Slack were surprised. I didn't see it. I saw that the moment it happened, I was like, "Ooh, that's gonna be it." That was oh, that was ugly. I hate I hate injuries like that. Those are the ones that really kind of give you the heebs. Yeah, for sure. No, I <laughs> I completely agree, and I think the one guy Kwiatkowski is probably the one that they'd most like to resign because he's the young, you know, yeah, yeah. the young guy uh, who stepped up big time when Trevathan went down. Yep. And I don't think that's, you know, that's not likely uh, that they'll be able to resign him just because I think he's going to get paid quite a bit somewhere. Um, so I don't know. I, like that's, uh, it, it's going to be tough for them to get over that. But I also think, you know, um, inside linebacker, in a defense like theirs is the least valuable position maybe on the defense. That doesn't mean it's not important, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be able to survive it to a degree with the other talent they have. They're still going to have excellent pass rush, although the decision that they're going to have to make on Leonard Floyd here will be an interesting one too, because he's due a lot of money this year and they could save a lot of money by cutting him. But at the same time, they don't, there's nobody else out there that I think they're going to be able to go get. That's going to be able to do a better job. Um, At least not, you know, they won't be saving any money um, in the process. So, That'll be interesting. Yeah. The defense will, in my opinion, probably take a small step back, but I still think there's enough talent on that defense for them to likely be a bottom and top 10 unit. The uh, obvious problem, the the Bears are the hardest team for me to predict, though. And it's not because of the defense. It's because the defense, I think, will be good. You have a, you have a, a disdain for the Bears and other uh, the Bears fans that you really have this Schadenfreude of failure and you. you that you is really, true. I won't. I won't. That, I won't try to cloud otherwise. Your, yeah, I'm telling you. I'm, this is my diagnosis as a unlicensed doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean I we I don't think I was wrong last year was I? <laughs> Even you, you know bias potential aside was I wrong? <laughs> Someone's blowing his horn again. <laughs> So I'm not saying I don't think that the Bears are necessarily going to be a worse team this year, but there's so much that is hard to predict about what's going to happen with the offense because you don't know if they're going to spend money on a, on a, on a veteran quarterback to push Trubisky. You don't know if Trubisky could, you know, finally take an actual step forward in year four. Year four is a, you know, he's entering the the what you would see as the prime years of, of quarterback and he's still young enough where he can learn things but good but like experienced enough that he knows uh, now that doesn't mean that he will we've seen lots of guys who probably should have taken step forwards not take step forwards and obviously he took a step backwards last year mm-hmm. um so it's hard it's hard to predict what'll happen there it's hard to predict what'll happen in year two of their offensive system that they have right now. Um, Matt Nagy, obviously, when it, I should say maybe the third year, if, if you're looking at it that way. Nagy came in and won coach of the year his first year with the Bears, but it, they ran a gimmicky offense. 
And they can't get away with that anymore. They can't run a gimmicky offense that's going to, you know, uh, take, take the league by storm anymore because <clears throat> everybody's seen it. So you have to do some things and they're going to lose Taylor Gabriel, who's, who did not have a good year, but is also, you know, a speedy guy on the outside and theoretically opens things up underneath. They don't, Hey, here's the fun one. They are rumored. Well, I shouldn't say rumored PFF predicts that the bears will sign Eric Ebron uh, this off season. So oh, that's I, I told you we were coming back to him. I told you we were coming back to him. Lot of fun. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, that talk about Schadenfreude. Yes, that would that would satisfy a lot of Lions fans. Schadenfreude, if he went there and and you know did did Eric Ebron things. Um. <laughs> if you want to know how bad it is in Chicago, their former coach and Tressman has the league's worst record in the XFL, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they thought he was an NFL level coach. Yeah, he did something right in the Canadian Football League. But. Well, okay, go Argonauts, go Argos. Yeah, um, they've also, uh, like I've been saying, we'll keep coming back to the Bengals and to Andy Dalton. Go ahead and get your. Oh my! I remember Andy Dalton. I there we go. <laughs> I just don't, I, the, the concept, do you remember Andy Dalton is completely foreign to me, Case. I'm old enough to remember I wasn't Andy trying to Dalton. literally say, I wasn't trying to literally say, do you remember Andy Dalton? I was trying to say, do you remember when Andy Dalton was, and I know that everybody does. I was, so long, was I purely Andy hypothetical, Dalton. purely hypothetical, but, um, they but have been linked to him. Of it makes it funnier, right? I mean, the Bengals have given him permission and his agent permission to talk to the Bears about potentially a trade uh, between the two. Which I, you know, while I think he'd probably be an upgrade over Mitch Dubisky, I think if you brought him in, you're spending a lot of money on the quarterback position that you don't have a lot of money to spend elsewhere. So you're, you're losing talent elsewhere. Um, we need a good level, low level mediocrity out of the bears because the last thing we want is them to tank for Trev next right. year. That's, I, that would I be a worst think, case scenario for the lions. Actually. I think that is a likely scenario. I do. I honestly do think that is likely a scenario that they're going to end up in the seven to nine win yep. range. Um, you know, hopefully, I, I'm, I'd be fine with six wins because uh, they're still not going to go be able to get you know a top tier quarterback there and and uh, and that's but, the but I, I think seven is seven to eight wins for sure based on what I think will still be a strong defense um, with an offense that doesn't still is having trouble clicking but like I said I think they are the hardest team in the division to predict right now maybe outside of the Lions maybe the Lions are just because you know the Lions have so much so much massive um, potential for growth even though you don't know how much of it they'll reach yep but it's it's a hard one to buy the Lions right you know look if 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 you've watched football if you've watched football long enough to remember Andy Dalton and <laughs> if you know the Lions you know that this team underperformed last year they were a better team than what they put down for a whole number of reasons we'll see what these improvements look like in free agency we'll see what the improvements look like in the draft for this team but that's really where it's at it's is this team 
that good and just squandering everything they have, which is a Mm -hmm. possibility, right? I don't think it's likely, but it's a possibility. Or is it that this team, um, just with the Stafford injury and and everything else that went wrong last year, is is going to play to their potential? I mean, you think about the rebound effect. This is a team that could now have a, a, a year where they play better than the the capability of their players and you see some mm-hmm. some really amazing stuff out of them. um this is going to be a really interesting it's hard it's really really hard to predict the lions right now it makes it fun in its own kind of way if you, if you can kind of d- take your heart out of it a little bit and not just, go crazy yeah, with it yeah yeah, not, yeah. Not don't drive, drive yourself insane with, yeah exactly um take it take a sideline look at it like eli or, or andy and 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 watch the team and uh i, I think it's going to be a, a fun ride to see what happens and plays out this year this is going to be an interesting team well and okay so vegas came out and said you know early prediction on the lines or the early betting line on the lines would be 6.5 wins. Um, and I don't have a problem with them doing that um, because I think that they're taking into account Stafford. Yeah. They're, they're taking into account Stafford and, and whether or not, I mean, the uncertainty of whether or not Stafford plays the whole year. And I think we as fans all, all recognize and know that if we lose Stafford for, you know, a good chunk of the season again, it's going to be a bad season. You know, it, it's just is even if they even if they work on upgrading the backup quarterback situation, it's still not going to be a good season if Stafford missed a significant no, time. No, and I can't blame Vegas for, you know, taking that approach to it at all. Can I, can I, I do think ask a question about Matthew Stafford. Does he not have a television? <laughs> They've got another baby on the way. I, how, yeah, how, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they got to not have TV. I mean, that's got to be what's going on in that house, right? It's nighttime and everything's quiet. I don't. I have no idea. Another baby on the way. This one's going to come in the June July time frame, according to Kelly's Instagram. Uh, we didn't have this on the on the docket, but I thought it'd be good to bring up. Uh, versus right as the season starting, I think it's probably a good time frame. I think they timed it very, very well. Good plans, Stafford family. Congratulations, by the way, on the new baby. Mm-hmm. Really excited. Um, number four. This guy's this guy's a machine. He is a monster. He is in it for for the long haul. If you think if you don't think someone can take a grind, they have three kids and they go for number four. You you, you have to understand <laughs> their committedness. I can tell you, woo! I got one, and I'm like. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations, Stafford family. That, that's really amazing. And uh, please get a television. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to wrap up on that? I, I have a surprise topic that I forgot about bringing up. Um, fantasy football. Uh, <laughs> do, do I have a wait? I, I'm gotta th- I don't think I have a surprise anything. Oh, here we go. Okay. 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 Go ahead. There we go. Uh, no, I just um, I I so I don't have a lot of friends who are super big football fans. Like I just didn't. I wasn't a super big football fan until I you know went to college in Philly, and I've talked about that a million times. So I'm not going to go through that whole thing. But I I wasn't in my I was in my late teens when I started an interest in the NFL. And do you remember Andy Dalton? And no, I don't have no idea who you're talking about. Um, He's the red but rifle. as a result, like I, you know, I've been doing this forever and I have a lot of, you know, friends who know I do this, but don't really have any understanding of what any of it is. Um, so I suggested that we, that I start a fantasy football league entirely made out of people who have no clue, no idea of anything football related and just see what happens. So I, I'm letting you guys know that that that's that, that we don't know jack about football league the 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 fantasy football league um it, the name might change at some point but I, I I will keep you guys apprised of the interesting things that happen. Do in these that, people know that, they're in the league that, already? 
Well, so I've got, I've got, right? I mean, you know how people are. They get competitive. No, I, I don't think any of them are because I don't think any of them care. I think they're all kind of invested in the chaos that's going to ensue. Um. Interesting. Okay, but you have the observer effect. This is this is an interesting. I'm, I'm definitely interested in how this plays out. So I, I will I will give you updates. I've got four people right now, and I think I've got another like four to six that I that I've, I've reached out to who are potentials, and I'll, I'll make sure we have at least eight. If are you, are you playing 12, this league? So. Is this just you? No, 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 no. I'll just commission. Uh, I'll, I'll just commission. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a very nice thing to do. Right? You're like, oh, I always <laughs> win my league. Is this, how, revenue, is this how you do it? <laughs> revenue growth um, opportunity. But no, <laughs> I will just oversee the uh, situation. My roommate, Russell, uh, will will be in it as so well as some, some other very good friends. So um, we'll, uh, we, I will keep you guys surprised because it should be an interesting football experiment. Yeah, no, that is interesting. All right. And nothing, and nothing else, an entertaining shit show. So, <laughs> All right. With that, uh, I want to talk about some important dates really quick. March 18th, free agency begins starting on the 16th, just six days from when we're recording this. Uh, they can begin negotiations with those who will be um, unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 29th through the 1st, they'll have an NFL league meeting in Palm Beach. I, I suggest we all just make it a, a, a party trip. DLP party trip. We should all go down to Palm sure, Beach and hang not? out and, and, and I don't make a scene in front of the meetings, just doing what we do. And then April 23rd through 25th, the NFL draft in Las Vegas. Remember, we will have the live draft party. You can join us here live and we will cover it from top to bottom. We have a bunch of special guests like we always do. A lot of fun. It's your best way to avoid the coronavirus, the COVID, as they're calling it these days, as the cool kids say, COVID-19. Um, the first round of the draft, Case and I will cover the whole draft evening. It'll be Sandman and I on day two covering rounds two and three. We have a lot of fun. You guys will enjoy it. It is Really, really awesome. And then May 1st through the 11th, there will be two separate three-day rookie mini camps that happen, and those will get scheduled as we go on, and then OTAs after that. A lot of really, really good stuff. Also, don't forget about SeatGeek. Um, uh, use uh, SeatGeek. Oh, no, it's Tix. Tix, T-I-X, at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Tix, at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. I don't care if you're going to a concert or sporting event or music, whatever it is. The ballet, where you can see Case dressed up in his, uh, his little funny clothes. Uh, Ticks.DetroitLionsPodcast.com takes you to SeatGeek. They give us a kickback on any purchase of tickets you get, and it's a great way to support the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. All right, remember, this show needs your involvement. Head on over to the subreddit. Give us your feedback. We appreciate that. It helps us make the show better. It is the community show. We have built this on you guys' suggestions and feedback since the very beginning, and that will not stop. So go ahead and head on over and let us know what you think, what you love, what you don't. Um, but always give us those five-star reviews on all the places that where you aggregate, where you download the show from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, whatever. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You can hook us up with a donation there. We appreciate that. We'll give you access to the Slack and all the insider and uh, upfront early information. Also, uh, when we do things like the Wayne Fonts, Coach Fonts, AMA, and a huge player coming up shortly, AMA, uh, will you guys get the first chance and get your questions included? Uh, the subreddit usually gets late notice and a secondary look. Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see Case. Touching me, touching you. <laughs> you gotta, can you do a little more? Can you do it like the song? <laughs> touching me, touching you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is now a drop. Thank you. Give us a call on Sky of Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or via the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your head 
automagically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Touching me, touching you. (laughs)